0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pylon podcast about the NFL from Impact 89 FM Sports in East Lansing, Michigan. I'm Ian Drummond. Alongside me are Michael Marcock, Darren Baidun, and Jacob Lothimer. How are we doing, everybody?
1: Just living life, man. Very good doing okay. great feel it's, it's scary to know that the NFL season the regular season's almost we're going to be over soon I'm kind of happy and sad at the same time that I won't have to watch the lions but yet football is almost over so
2: Browns it's on a tough place to be can't be can't be better Browns get back to back primetime games like you know we're in the hot
0: baby let's go well Michael gets to have his fun while the rest of us count down to draft day. Hey,
2: I've I've I mean, hey, we were we were together for years, you know, 0-16 club, but you know, someone had to break out of it.
0: You know, breakups are hard. All right, so let's get into this week's storylines. First up, yesterday, Thursday night football, the glories are recording on Friday that we can actually talk about a game sort of in depth. So Rams 24, Patriots 3. If you had, if I was able to time travel back and tell that result to myself in like 2012, I think past me would have slapped future me in the face. New England has seven losses for the first time since 2002 absolutely insane statistic right there why are we taking away from this game everybody
1: I guess when like like you said if I could have gone back in time and told myself in 2012 that this would have been the score between the Rams I would have been oh St. Louis and then I would have said oh it must have been because Tom Brady retired but that's not true the Rams are in LA and Tom Brady's still a quarterback for the Buccaneers but my biggest takeaway from this game is we saw Obviously, how much the Patriots are hurting on defense to the point, especially in their front seven, because they just got ran on by Cam Akers this game. This was Cam Akers breakout game. Cam Akers played great. The Patriots offense was terrible. We knew they couldn't throw the ball and we know the Rams defense is really good. They pay a bunch of studs to play great defense. My still biggest takeaway is if this Rams team is going to be legit, they have to get Jared Goff going. Jared Goff was not good yesterday. The thing that held that team together was they have awesome offensive line play and a great running back. But I think this game went pretty much how it went, how we thought it was going to go. I think everyone pretty much thought the Rams were going to win. We just didn't think by this much.
2: I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I do agree with Jacob that the Rams are great. They're going to be, they're going to be a tough out for anyone in the playoffs. But my biggest takeaway from last night was that, and it's unfortunate to say this, but Cam Newton's career is over. Um, you know, we all know that shoulder injuries are very hard to come back from, um, especially the one that he had tearing his leg room, I believe twice. Um, You know, he was, he just right now, Cam Newton can only do one thing well and it's run the ball. And the fact is teams are keying in on that. And like, there was a play, it was in the second quarter and New England was down on the, like the Rams five yard line and it was fourth and goal. And they called the speed option to the left with Cam Newton. And it just, it never had a chance. Um, it's their go-to play on the goal line. And I just, unfortunately, you know, Cam was making all sorts of bad throws last night on the pick six. He threw, he threw a screen pass like five yards off to the, to the right. He was throwing balls in the dirt. He was overthrowing passes. It's just his accuracy is gone. And unfortunately he's just never been the same quarterback that he was in Carolina before the injury. And so that was my biggest takeaway from last night. Oh,
3: you know, I mean, watching this game, I, you got to commend Bill Belichick for how he's been able to scheme a defense that, you know, for the last couple of weeks before this game, I mean, the Patriots, you know, they got back to 500 and they at least had a shot, you know, they had a shot to potentially um, uh, contend for the playoffs in this stretch, but this is just, this, this is just not a very talented team, and um, you know, you can, they, you know, in terms of trying to run the football the way they had like up against the defense, like the Rams, it's just you, when you can't, when you can't pass the ball, you're just, you, you, you're not going to be able to have a success and the Rams aim up, they finished with six sacks, they the intercepted for a touchdown. I mean, you know, we could Jared Goff didn't have a good game, but quite frankly, he didn't need to do a lot. He didn't need to do a lot. They got the running game going with Cam Akers, who looks like after, you know, this is, this was his second game with 20 or more carries. So it looks like he really is the guy in their backfield right now, which I feel like the, for the for, to be great, you really need to have one guy who you know is the guy, like definitively. So for the Rams, it's good they know that. And you know, I mean, again, it wasn't a great game right for golf, certainly, but they didn't necessarily but with the with the way they played on defense in the running game, they didn't need him, they didn't need him to. And you know, this is gonna be a team in terms of this whole roster. I mean, they're they look good. And if golf is able to get going, they're a real threat to potentially, you know, to, you know, as a threat to come out of the NFC. I mean, it was only two years ago when they went, that they went to a Super Bowl. So, and they still have a lot of the core of that team. So the Rams are looking like someone to really, that, you know, we're going to need
0: to account for going into the playoffs. You know, I got to agree with Michael about the biggest takeaway from this. Uh, our assistant director, you know, friend of all of us, Aiden Sterns, legendary Cam Newton hater, always calling him Fig Newton. And Fig Newton was definitely out there last night. He was looking he was looking rough. And I don't think everything was his fault. You know, his offensive line was looking awful, civil-like. Michael Brockers had two sacks in, I think, the third quarter just by himself as the Rams defense, which to be fair, it's very, very good this year. Just flat out attacked everybody on that front. And it didn't get any better when it came to other options in the defense, trying to go with them. I remember a play where, uh, I think Damian Harris tried to bounce outside and Jalen Ramsey just came up from corner and was just holding him in place several yards behind the line of scrimmage for a good like two seconds before one of the linebackers could come over and finish him off. And if you're going to be a team that's going to be heavily oriented around running the ball because your quarterback's not great to throwing it anymore, You can't have stuff like that happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I agree with that. Um, But it's just, to me, it's hard because Camden was one of my favorite players when I was like first getting into the NFL, you know, when he was drafted, I, I watched him at Auburn and, you know, he was just, he was this different quarterback than what we've ever seen before. And the, his ability, his, his overall size and his, You know, his just his way of being able to run the ball, being the first quarterback ever to like lead quarterbacks in passing and rushing yards. And I just feel like, you know, I miss Super Bowl Cam Newton. I miss that kind of player. But unfortunately, it's it's just it's gone. His arm is just not there anymore.
1: Yeah, Cam Newton, we have everyone thought the first couple of games he looked really good. But I think maybe that's just because he hasn't played in so long. And I just think with this shoulder, it's the more and more you play, the worse it's going to get. So it was really good at the start of the season. Every I thought personally, when I watched that Seahawks game at the beginning of the year, it was really great. He looked awesome. He was making great throws. The Patriots offense looked good. I thought they were going to be able to compete, but as the season's gone on and he's had injuries and they're just stacking up. And I just think it's taking a toll on his body. So, he might be a serviceable backup that can come in and win you a game when he has to play occasionally, but playing every single week, I think is just doing worse and worse to his shoulder. And I don't think it can get better from there.
0: You know, I agree with all that. Um, From Thursday night football to Sunday night football, The Cowboys have been flexed out of primetime, a very rare occurrence. I don't know if that's ever happened before.
1: I don't know if it's never happened before, but I'm happy it did happen. I was tired of watching the Cowboys. Please just throw them in when there's multiple games going on at like 425 or one o'clock, I also feel the same way about the Bengals. Now, if you would have told me the beginning of the year, this is going to be an explosive Cowboys offense against possibly rookie of the year, Joe Burrow, I would have said I'm all for it, but no Joe Burrow, no Dak Prescott, this game's boring. If you want to just throw it in at like one o'clock or four o'clock when I'm watching NFL red zone, then I'm fine with it. I don't want to watch this game anyway, except for a big play occasionally if it happens.
2: Actually, it was next week's game that got bumped. Uh, they were supposed to play the 49ers at home on Sunday Night Football, and they got bumped to 1 o'clock next week against the 49ers. So, yeah, I, I don't I, – yeah, Cowboys, Bengals, I, I, I don't even imagine that, that would have ever been a primetime game. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm just it's, – I'm tired of watching this team, and the fact is they're always nationally televised, and so you you feel kind of obligated to watch them, and it just – Whenever you feel like it can't get worse, it just gets worse, and there's no real solution to this. It's just you know, I, I I just I'm just sick of watching them. So I'm glad they made the move.
3: Yeah, no, I mean it's just it's bad football. I mean a brand can only take you so far when the games are as bad as they've been for them all season. Like I mean it's just even when even when before Dak got hurt, um, I mean this was a team that was still playing the defense is that, you know, the defense was just, you know, off to one of the worst. It's one of the worst that I've seen in my, all my years of watching football. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a good team and team and people. And if the game's boring or the teams are awful, it's like, it doesn't matter. if it to me, it doesn't matter if it's the Cowboys or not, people are going to watch because they're just going to be like, wow, this sucks. And then they're just going to turn to something else. It's like, what's the point? It's like, You know, it's like, oh, it's the Cowboys, but yeah, they're a horrible team. So why, you know, what if I want to watch an entertaining game? If it's not, no matter how big the brand is, if it's not entertaining, then what's the point? So yeah, yeah, flex in the teams that matter that actually have you know what you know stuff going on, like they did with next week with changing what Sunday day game to the Browns Giants. Right, that's a game that matters for both teams. So and the Giants are actually playing better now, so they could actually be a good football game. So. You know, and it, it's, it's to me, it's just it's the it's the right.
0: Agreed. And as a side note, I would, you know, no disrespect to the Cowboys, but I honestly wouldn't mind them being this bad for a little bit longer. If that means I don't have to see every Cowboys NFC East division matchup on Sunday or Monday night next season. I'm done with that. I've seen enough Cowboys Eagles and Cowboys Giants for one lifetime.
2: Unfortunately, I think you still will. I next year they're just gonna reset. Dak's probably gonna be back and on the franchise tag. It's the cowboys. You're never gonna take them off. They're not gonna take them off prime time. They get ratings. In the end, it's all about money.
0: I suppose. But I can dream. I can dream, right? But you know, let's talk about a team that might actually win their division. Of course, the, Michael is ascending because it's time to talk about the Browns.
1: Yeah, hmm. it is. He's not the only one ascending when we when we made when we when we did the uh, like we talked about last week when we made kind of the pilot the original pilot to pitch it so that they can this uh, this thing a full time thing. I think it, it was Michael and I who said that the football team to compete to win the uh, NFC East, and everyone thought that was stupid. You took the Eagles, so you know what? We'll just leave it that. <laughs> yeah, uh, never mind, but I don't know. this. This The Washington football team is going to make a case here for your Browns to possibly sneak in and get a home playoff game, which I didn't think I would see I... at least for a couple more seasons, but you better be s- praising that, that defensive line for – the football team is amazing. Washington's Washington's whole defense is amazing. Their offense needs work and Gibson's going to be out this week with a toe injury after getting hurt against the Steelers, but they didn't even need him. They played super well. And Terry McLaurin, I think might be a top 15 receiver in the NFL. He's just fast. I don't think he has a great quarterback throwing the ball, but Alex Smith has always been known to be a quarterback who gets the job done. So the football team might possibly win the NFC East and that win will help really set up the uh, Cleveland Browns. So I guess we'll see as the season goes on, but uh, yeah, I just love Chase Young and sad that the Lions had to tie a game. So we never got a chance to draft him. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll
3: I'll go, I'll go. Along wholeheartedly with that, Jacob. And,
1: you know, I mean, Michael, there's
3: one, in terms of talking about the Browns, there's one thing that you can say. Obviously, you know, we still, you know, it still needs to, you know, you'll have to, you know, it's a muscle, you know, you got to get the game this weekend's Baltimore and then you got to face in the season value. But, I mean, the way they played last week against Tennessee, I was like getting out to a 38 7 halftime lead. I mean, that was shocking. You know, I think you know not that the Browns won, but just that they look so dominant. And you know, it's one thing. I mean, you guys, it looks like you're pe- they're peaking at the right time. While Pittsburgh is, you know, they've lost, you know, you know several key contributors on defense, like you know Bud Dupree and you know um, and Devin Bush. Uh, James Conner is coming back for them this week, so maybe he can help get their running game back going. But you know, they haven't been able to run the football, so you know they'll be in obviously but they are a team that looks like are kind of going through, you know, kind of have, you know, they, they look a little tired. They look like they're going through the dregs of the late, the dregs of the late season right now, while you guys look like you're very interesting because it's only two games. Listen, if you're able to, if you can make that, if you can make that leap, it's, you know, Pittsburgh, they can't just assume that they're going to be able to walk in with like the number, the number two seed for a second.
2: Yeah, um, I'll lay down two scenarios. There, there are two ways the Browns can win the division. Well, in both of them involved, the Browns are gonna have to win out and go 13 and 3. That's the only way that this happens. So Browns have to take care of business. That's number one first and foremost. But on the other end, the, the other two ways that this can happen, the Steelers would have to lose to the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns week 17, which would make the Steelers 12 and 4 and the Browns 13 and 3. Or the Steelers have to lose to the Bengals and the Browns to then they both go 13 and 3 they would have the they both be have the same record in the division and then therefore Cleveland would have the advantage based on I believe conference record or it's like similar opponents because actually the Browns beat Washington and the Colts and the Steelers didn't so those are the only two ways that that would happen um i I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think it's going to happen. Cause I mean, the Steelers need, if they win this week and the Browns lose, that's it. It's over. Um, the most important thing is the Browns got to take care of business, you know, keep the head down, just keep grinding. Um, last week's game. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I get Sunday ticket run at, so I get to watch all the games and I mean, we were, we were just, there were no words. I mean, we were at halftime and we just, my dad and I was looking at each other. We're like, what is this team? Like he, they haven't been like this since the eighties and it's not sometimes not even in the eighties like that. I mean, 38 to seven and, you know, Baker looked just outstanding. The running game was, you know, doing its job and doing its thing. And, you know, we won't talk about the second half um, you know, the Browns will learn how to play in those games a little bit more. Um, but I, I mean, it's just, this is a totally different team than what we saw against the Ravens and the Steelers early in the season. I, I honestly do. And I really like the matchup with the Ravens this week. Uh, there's a lot of people, you know, they want to keep running, oh, 38 to six, 38 to six. You know what? As Browns fans, we own it. You know, we got drubbed 38 to six to the Ravens week one. New head coach who got thoroughly out coached and just a quarterback that wasn't comfortable yet in a new system. Well, guess what? He's comfortable now. And he's playing like a top five quarterback in this league right now. And I really, I, I don't know. I just like the matchup and just knowing that there's a chance we could catch the Steelers and making Steeler fans sweat just a little bit that they know that they might choke this. It's just, it's so awesome. And it's not something that I ever thought we'd be in a position to talk about.
0: You know, I got to say, I think that I would be disappointed in the Browns if they didn't make it to at least 11 wins with the schedule left, maybe 12, depending on how well they can handle the Giants defense on the 20th. That's Sunday night football. Wow. Um, I do have to say this race for the AFC North, suddenly a lot more interesting. You know, the Steelers are looking a lot more vulnerable now they are really going to need – I think they're really going to need James Conner back. Like, I know that – I know it's very fashionable to talk about running backs not mattering, but, boy, it's really rough looking at the Steelers trying to run the ball. I mean, early in that game against Washington, they had – they tried to get really cute on third and goal. They did the tackle-eligible play, and – had a bad throw, but then they had fourth and goal from, I think it literally looked like the one foot line. And it's a real problem if you're running back and like eight dudes blocking can't get one foot into the end zone. Even with Washington's D-line, which is very talented, one of the best parts of their defense. Still, that's not something that you can have. If you're running the ball that poorly and all you have are these little quick passes so that Roethlisberger is not getting obliterated, that strikes me as a very one-dimensional offensive game plan. I think that with them starting to get these defensive players being injured, going out for the rest of the season, I think they'll be pretty vulnerable over the last few weeks. Speaking of someone in a vulnerable position, how about this Eagles quarterback controversy with Jalen Hurts being named the starter this weekend? He brought
1: a spark to their team last week when they were definitely going to lose. I think it's the right move. I don't know what happened to Wentz. I just remember the first year when Wentz came out. And he looked amazing. And I thought he might win MVP that year. And then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And they're like, Fools or Wentz? And I was like, you got to go with Wentz. I know Foles sparked magic that one time. But I don't know. Maybe it's something about being in Philadelphia and just needing a quarterback to, like, really be able to make plays and spark the entire team. But it seemed like even special teams, when they got that return, felt sparked by – Jalen Hurts being on the field. So I feel like it's the right move. Will this get them a win against the Saints, who've been playing really well lately with Taysom Hill at quarterback? I don't think so. But they are at home, so they possibly could cover. So I might take that later. But we'll get to that later. What do you guys think about uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback? I
3: was going to say, I mean, I, I think, first of all, I think that if if the Eagles weren't in such a horrible division where they still, theoretically, they still could have a chance to win it, I feel like this was a move that they probably would have made a, a little bit, you know, at least for a couple of weeks ago, just because when, he's played terrible. He leaves the league in interceptions. I mean, he's just, there's been, there's just been no, every, every good aspect we saw back from in his second year in 2017, from before he got hurt, where he looked like, like, like Jacob said, he could have been the league MVP that year if he would have finished out the year healthy. There's nothing, there's barely anything there anymore. You know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, it, the, their office is just so discombobulated with him and he's, you know, it's just not, you know, and you can talk about some of the injuries they've had to guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, and then to some of their weapons, Miles Sanders. And yeah, maybe he hasn't had a full cup board at all times, but good quarterbacks are able to compensate for that, at least to an extent he has not at all. He's just looked bad just in every stretch of the word. So I think this is the only move the Eagles could have made. Um, You got to at least see if Jalen Hurts provides, can provide something. Uh, I don't think that's going to probably be up against the saints just because they, especially defensively, they are really turning it up right now. So I I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, good luck to Jalen Hurts with that, but I'm, I'm not, you know, this is probably not going to be a, a great first start for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it was the right move. Um, I think, I think the Eagles kind of know what the situation is right now. I, I think the Eagles think their season is over, which, you know, in my opinion it is technically, mathematically it's not, but I think this is kind of a statement that they're basically waving the white flag. Um, I, I mean, look, I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for Carson Wentz. I, you know, what, what it looks like to me, this seems very mental. Um, seems like the injuries are just catching up to him. I watched a play against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago I mean, Carson Wentz didn't even – he didn't step up into the pocket to make a throw because he was scared he was going to get hit in in the leg. And that's something that, you know, I I see a lot of athletes go through it, mainly actually in basketball, but, like, to see a quarterback that is almost this paranoid and this scared to get hurt is something remarkable. Um, I mean, the only thing that this gets me thinking is, like, okay – you know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well and doesn't do whatever, you just basically reset this year, maybe get a new coach and you just let Carson go. Because next year is when Carson's big money kicks in. So he's getting paid like $30 million starting next year. And you simply can't pay that to a backup quarterback. So either A, you're going to have to go back and start him next year or B, you're going to have to find someone to take on that contract, which right now, if I'm any NFL team, I'm very hesitant to take on, you know, Carson Wentz for $150 million. Um, so I don't, it, it's so, it's such a weird situation that not, and I agree with his teammates. This isn't all in Wentz. Um, the offense is just anemic. It just doesn't move. Um, maybe getting Miles Sanders involved would help and that helped my fantasy team too, but that hasn't worked out. But, you know, I, I feel like they're just—they're not creative. That—that that magic that we saw on the Super Bowl run, with the creativity on offense, and that gave Doug Peterson his offensive genius title—it's all gone. I mean, there's just there's nothing in this offense that makes me terrified. That makes me worried. It's just all plain, and it—it
0: just—it just isn't working. You know, I agree with Darren here. They are—they're really throwing. Jalen hurts into the fire by giving him this start against new Orleans, who's they've been absolutely on fire lights out, especially on the passing side of the ball. They haven't really faced anyone who's been as much of a run threat as Jalen hurts is, but with him making his first start, that's really kind of a crap shoot as to how well it can go. I have to say that I've, I've been a little mystified by the little ways where they've been trying to put Jalen hurts in their offense over the first, you know, 12, 13 weeks of the season where they'll just bring him in occasionally to do some kind of like some kind of low run play maybe like one pass play every now and then some like wildcat or like spreading him out. It's very strange. It, you know, I don't, I understand what they're going for there. It kind of feels like, ironically, the way that the Saints were using Taysom Hill for a while, where he'd just be in and he'd get like a five yard run, and then he'd be like, okay, buddy, get back on the sideline. But it's I do think it's the right move to put him out there. There's just no way that you can roll with Carson Wentz anymore. He he's not looking good. You know, I, I, he's not throwing it well. He's missing wide open guys. He's getting sacked. I think at one point he was leading the league in sacks and interceptions. And maybe fumbles too, which just a completely wild stat. And at that point, you've got to cut your losses. You've got to go with the rookie and, That's a real rough decision for the Eagles next year, looking at Wentz or Hertz, Wentz or Hertz. And that's going to wrap it up for a discussion of storylines. And now, Michael, you got another installment of who we play for for us?
2: I do. I found four new players. We're going to get this going again. So to remind our listeners of last week's standings, Jacob got all four players right Ian and Darren both tied with three so it's still anyone's game very early uh, but I think I might get you guys a couple times this week if I don't I'm gonna have to I'm just gonna start just you know pointing my finger at something on my phone and picking a player okay let's see this all right we all got some paper in front of us and we're all ready to go I'm I'm my ready paper. On. you can get started all right so the first player I actually let me start with these hands. A lot of like, there's a couple of these players I like to call them more like journeyman type. They've played for like multiple different teams. They they sometimes like, jump around year to years. So maybe you know if you really don't know where they are this year, this could be this could be a struggle. Uh, first one, Mark Barron, safety turned linebacker. He was drafted out of Alabama. I think he was with
1: you know, he was with the Rams for a while. But is he still with the Rams? That's the question.
3: Uh, yeah, that's what I was, because I remember he was with the Rams. He was a line, I, he tur- he got, he got, because he was drafted by the Bucks and then he got turned to a linebacker from a safety. And then he, I remember he was with the Rams. Was,
2: but who does, he, who does he play for now? And by the looks on their faces to all our listeners, they seem almost completely stumped. So I think, I think we're on to
1: something here. Yeah, this is a good – this is a good choice. Um, this is
0: – I'm just going to have to stick with the team that I knew he I play. I am making an absolute shot-in-the-dark guess. Okay,
2: here's, here's what here's I'll say. I'll give you guys – on one player, I'll give all three of you one hint if you guys can – do you want it. So do you want this, it
0: right now?
1: No. No, nah, I'm not going to use it right now. Okay. All right, fine. I all don't right. know what's coming later. <laughs> yeah. What
3: did you say, you'll get hint <laughs> just one hint for or just one hint total?
2: You guys get one hint for, like, one player if you all agree. Like, I was going to do, like, one at a time, but then I'd have to use, like, private chat. And I don't want to do okay, it. Okay, so, okay. So if you guys just agree on whatever you want your hint to be, I'll give it to you. Okay, okay,
3: okay, Yeah.
2: Not no. for this I'll, one. I have zero I'll idea.
3: It. I'll save it. Um, right,
2: get your responses lit, lit, written down. Even if you don't know, it seems like none of you know, so it probably won't cost you in the long run. Three, two, three. Let's go. Let's see. oh so Jacob just rolled with the Rams, like he said. So Darren has the Patriots, and Ian has the Falcons. Question mark. All three of you are wrong. Mark Barron plays for the Denver Broncos this year. What? Denver?
1: I haven't he watched a whole sick. lot. Of, I guess it makes sense. I, I haven't did, watched I a whole lot of that. Last it,
2: year, man. he played for the Steelers. So. You were two years off with the Rams pick. Um, he did play I for, he played for the Steelers last year. I believe, I, I'm pretty sure he played for the Steelers, but I did. I have play. not
0: watched a Broncos game since that Broncos Jets Suck Bowl back in week four.
1: <laughs> the Thursday night game, yeah. yeah. Yes, but Mark Barron is a, he's like the starting
2: middle linebacker for the Broncos this year. So huh. good for him. He sure wasn't doing anything in that game. No. All right. All right. Number two, former NFC North running back. Ty Montgomery Oh my god I should know this Who does oh, Ty I, 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 like- I remember A-team I remember A-team post I'll tell you right now, it's not the team that he started
3: with. He's not on that team anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, I know he's I not. Know. He's not the Packers anymore. I know that. I know that. Yeah, I know. I remember yeah.
0: where he went after the Packers. I don't know if he went anywhere else. Yeah,
3: he's that's. I, I, yeah, I think me and Ian are in the I, same. I room. think yeah. I. <laughs> I remember
0: hearing his name a couple weeks ago. Yeah, me too. Hmm. <sighs>
1: You know what? I think you did a great job with this one, Michael. Holy. Yeah,
2: after, yeah. after last yeah. week, I wasn't letting anyone get all four again. That's all right. I,
3: I mean, you're right. They're trying because the thing – a hard thing is, like, we don't, like – it's not like we don't know who they are, but it's just – it's yeah. like we're always, like, still there. No. it's like a situation where all of us it's like we know who, where they were before like the second yeah. we don't know
2: <laughs> that's why these are the best players like you know who the player is and like you can see them it's just you see them in a
1: jersey that's not what they are now because you just don't know I, think, I think i think are. i remember i think i got it
2: that's i don't think for Ty montgomery if you all have guesses are y'all good or i no, all... I'll, give you, I'll give you guys a little bit more. okay Jacob's very
1: confident if he's wrong. I don't know. There was, I was just sitting here thinking, who does he play for? Who does he play for? And I was like, and then just something random clicked. So maybe I'm super right or I'm super off. We're about to find out here in a minute. So let's see. I'm
3: just going to go with where I knew he was at least from before. I I, 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 I can't. There's nothing. Ready?
2: One. Let's see. We got Jacob with the Jets uh Darren's with the Ravens, and Ian is with—he's also with the Ravens. And I will say once again, you are all wrong. God. Ty Montgomery plays for the New Orleans Saints. Right what? Now. Yes, what? he's on the Saints right now. He's like they're—he's like, like the
0: not even close running back.
2: So you know,
0: if if it wasn't, I picked—I put Ravens. I put Ravens again, but I'm pretty sure he plays for the Saints. Like no. I knew the Ravens The oh, Ravens were the team oh, that he Jacob, are you thinking of Ty
1: Johnson? Yeah, that might have been the one. Former yeah. Lions uh, running back? Or, yeah. yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was really, really good last week. He got yeah, like – Yeah, he got 100. Maybe that was the name that clicked. I don't know. Nah. Oh, well. Right, I think so they got – he so These the late-round
0: Lions picks really succeeding for other teams out here between him and Travis Fulgham.
3: Yeah.
2: So – so we, we have no right answers yet today, but there are still two players left, so don't lose hope. All right, number three, we're going with another journeyman, played for multiple different teams throughout the year. Started his career with the Browns, that's what I'll say. Barkevius Mingo. Who does Barkevious Mingo play for?
0: I know that, I think I, 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 oh, yeah, I think I got, I think I remember. I
3: know this one. I know this one. He played Dude. for like,
2: I believe he's played for four teams. So, but who does he play for this year?
1: I know this one. I, pre- I saw him. Sure. I saw him play like recently. Pretty recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty, like, pretty recently. Was, it was pretty he recent. A, he just made a big play in a game that was like a nationally televised game. And I just don't remember what team it was for. I, I have an idea. I'll go with what I think it is. We got to use this hint sooner or later, boys. We might have to use it on either this. The next player. One, one. here's you the guys. Thing. You guys look comp. You guys look confident. So here's what
2: I'll tell you about the next one. I think there's a chance you're all going to know it off rip, or there's a chance
1: you're going to have no idea who this dude is. So like, so all right. I guess we'll use the hint on the next one. All right. I got my answer. I think it's wrong, but we'll see. All right. Three, two, one.
2: Let's see them. Let's see them. We got Bears, Bears, Steelers. It's the Bears.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I think he sacked Stafford last week.
3: <laughs> yeah, he did something. Man. I remember he did something. There, like, there I, I
0: think, think I was lurking right. around in the, the Bears subreddit to enjoy the, you know, enjoy the sadness after the game. And there was some people like, oh, who wants to see Barkebius Mingo back? Yeah, I, 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 was, uh, I kind I, of
1: thought you guys might know
2: that because the Lions had just played the Bears. So it was kind of one of those things, you know, I wasn't, you know. I thought home.
1: I saw him on national TV. I just saw him during a crap fest between the Lions and the Bears. Close enough.
0: I was watching the game. Hey, the Lions won that crap fest.
1: Hey, I yeah. picked the Lions. Let's go.
2: Okay. the shiniest turd. It's the Lions. We'll Give me that in a few minutes, though. All right, last one. So it's one. Ian's got one. Darren's got one. Jacob's got one. So we're all tied at four right now. Right
1: now. So here Can't we we go. About 4-0 last week. 0-3 right now. So sure. All right, here we go. Andy Janovich.
2: Oh, man. I will I will give you uh, – I don't know if I want to do that. Because I was going to say I'll give you an extra point if you could say his position. I, I'm
0: pretty sure I remember his position.
1: Well, we get our hint for this one, so what's our hint? Okay, that's true. You, got, you guys do get your hint for this yeah. one. I will say he is
2: in – okay, he's in the AFC, and he was involved in an off-season trade between two AFC teams. That might not have been the greatest hint, but if I if I if I give you really any more, this is
1: probably become very obvious. So, yeah. But I cannot I eliminated half of the league for you, so you are just yeah. Dealing. Thank you for that. The two theme the two teams I were thinking were both the NFC teams. So thanks. Right.
2: I, I remember I remember his old yeah. team. Like I, I said, don't I'm know the, his new I one, one at all. Guys, an extra point if you can tell me what position he is. So if you know what position he is, put that down and you oh. can get the point for this. All right, but, okay. All so right. even if you don't get the team, you can get a point if you tell me what position he plays. Okay. Andy Janovich. Trade. There wasn't, he was traded this offseason between two AFC teams.
0: All
1: right, I made a guess. It's not even close. I, I made a guess,
0: but I'm pretty sure I remember his position. So I
3: think I remember his position. One of, I think I don't I think I crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to be this is it. I feel confident
1: was he just making plays in a game recently too because I feel like I, I was watching you, I on you, I I saw saw a couple highlights
0: he hasn't been
1: making headlines I can say that
2: all right there you go three two one let's see him. so Jacob said he's a tight end for the Dolphins Darren said he's a fullback for the Broncos and Ian said he's a fullback for the Browns. Now, what I will say, he is a fullback. That is true. And what I will say is, one of you has gotten the answer right. Andy Janovich is a fullback for the Cleveland Browns. Dang it. Ah. But, Darren, you know, I remember he was I was watching
0: Browns highlights from, I think, last week, Brown. and I saw some shaggy dude, and I was like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs>
2: So, yes, yeah, so he's a fullback that plays for the Browns. But Darren was right. He was a Bronco. That's what I was going to say. Yes, he was a Bronco. I'm like,
3: remember, I remember, I remembered, like, orange. Some, I remember, like, it was something in orange. I'm like, well, he played with Denver, didn't he? And then I'm like, I don't remember him. I'm like, wait, between, uh, yeah, so I just, I went with that. I knew it was fullback. I remember he was fullback. So.
2: Yes, he was, he's a fullback, and he's, he's blocking for the best back in the league, and Nick, Nicholas Chubb. So, uh, so after this week, Jacob entered with a one-point lead, and Jacob went over this week. He got. Oh no! I know where Spartans
1: play, and I know who's on the Lions, and that's what he last got, week was. That over, was not this week, including
2: Barkyus Mingo, who we literally watched play last. Week. He's not on the Lions. He played the Lions. So, <laughs> duh. So, so yeah. So Ian actually storms. He gets three points. Darren's got two points this week, which means we have Ian at.
1: Six. He's at six. Darren's at five, and Jake's at four. So we, we are still at anyone's game for the rest yeah. of the year. Um, I guess know. I'm gonna have to pay more attention to the teams I don't really watch. I guess. Yeah,
0: um, time to start scouring those off-season trade lists. Well, i
1: if this will help you guys. What I've been
2: doing, I go on CBS Sports, the CBS Sports app, and they have like this team section where you can pick any team, and then you can like see their depth charts. And I just scroll through the depth charts until I find someone I think so. If you want to use that and just start
1: scouring rosters, I'm just going to start looking at the rosters on Madden, and studying them night and day. I, Quarterbacks are too easy. Running backs are too easy. I'm gonna. I guess running oh, backs aren't oh, too I'm easy. I'm not touching.
2: Hey, that that's not going to happen. But yeah. I, I, hey, this was a good week. I stumped you guys, like good week, times. Michael. Good picks. Good picks. Okay. Yeah, so let's move on to the actual pick. So Jacob, I will pass this on. All to
1: right, you. let's go. All right. Uh, we did great last week as a podcast here talking about the covers. Uh, all three of you went two and one. I went three and oh, uh, I hope I don't go oh and three, like I just did oh and 4 for the players, but we will start with the jets. The jets open as a 13 and a half point underdog this week. I don't know who the Jets are playing. I try to block them out of my mind when I'm thinking. Uh, The Jets played the Seahawks. The Seahawks played awful last week against the Giants, lost 17-12. to Their offense could not get going against a very good Giants defense, though. And they're, uh, just to say, the Giants defense is getting better. But the Seahawks offense, which usually puts around 30 points per game, could not score. The Jets are a bad team. The Jets lay 13 and a half. Michael, who is your pick for this game between the Jets and the Seahawks
2: oh man I mean 13 and a half again is another big number Uh, I wasn't remotely impressed with Seattle last week Um, and I think the Jets might come to play next week especially with the new defensive coordinator get some of that new you know that interim juice as they call it Uh, I'm gonna you know I picked them last week to cover I'm gonna take the Jets to cover 13 and a half I, I think that they will lose
1: by less than two touchdowns to the Seahawks Ian, your thoughts on the Jets and the Hawks, the Seahawks, of course.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to take like 15 seconds to flex that in my upset, I went hard against the Seahawks and was vindicated for this. And that was a lesser spread, but also a better New York team in the Giants. um, I do still think that I'm going to abandon my gut feeling and Pick the Jets to cover this, especially since they did come decently close to winning against the Raiders, obviously. <laughs> tanked. Openly tanked. <clears throat> tanked. They tanked, but they didn't tank by that much. They got a lot of room. Well, the last player the they
1: openly tanked, but...
0: No yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of room for error here with a 13 and a half spread. And the Seahawks still keeping up that streak of not winning games by more than 10 points. So I'm just – I'm going to ride that inertia with the Jets. Darren?
3: Oh, geez. My gut tells me that this is – I mean, it is such a big number, and they did – the Seahawks did play bad against the Giants. I just – although my – I think I'm going to – my gut tells me that this is a – it's it's a get right game for Seattle. Um, you know you have the matchups on the outside to be able to dominate with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, obviously, and not to mention the fact this is a revenge game for Jamal Adams. So in the same, so I think that this is if the Seahawks if they want to really utilize him, I think this is going to be just like how you know it was a, you know the most uh, infamous play for last week for the Jets was a, was a zero blitz. I think they're gonna be blitzing Jamal Adams all day from a safety spot. I mean, the guy's got six sacks. So I think that, I think that their defense is going to be motivated to come out and to get the Sam Darnold. I think that they are going to, um, you will get out to a healthy lead. I think something like, I don't know, maybe something in the realm of 17 points or something like that, because to me, I see this and I see, I, I, I don't, I, there shouldn't be any reason why Russell Wilson can't just absolutely cook against the Jets defense. So I'll, I'll go with my, It's a big number, but I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say the Seahawks go.
1: Let Russ cook as people have been saying all year. Russ has not been cooking the last couple of weeks, he's kind of fallen out of the MVP race a little bit. But as we transition, we will go over to the Jaguars, who we all took last year. Because what do the Jaguars do? They always cover the spread, they never win. They are one in 12 or one in 11, but they always cover the spread. This week, they are at home against the Tennessee Titans, they are a seven and a half point underdog. Uh, Darren, you will start this one. What are your thoughts on the Titans and the Jaguars? The Titans were very underwhelming last week.
3: Sorry. Yeah, no, as, no, as I mentioned, no, they, I mean, you're coming out, obviously, you know, they made a good second half effort in that game against the Browns, but I mean, they went down 38 to seven. So that was a pretty, it was, I mean, that was a bad loss. And I don't know, Tennessee, you know, they, they had the game where they came out and they, they dominate against the Colts which they look great and then they come out they play that way take the Titans to win this game undoubtedly but you know what the Jet. Jack- listen they, they cover against everybody yeah I'll take them I'll take the jacks to cover in this um you know even if it's by you know something like you know a field goal or something like that but I feel like you know Jacksonville You know, they find a way to play everybody close for the most part other than maybe like, you know, I think Pittsburgh was like the the last game I can remember where they lost like by double digits. So it's recent history and they've been doing it against almost everybody. So, yeah, I'll take the Jags to cover.
1: Ian, your thoughts on the Jaguars and the
0: Titans? I am going to take the Titans to cover this one. You know, Titans, what are they based on? Derrick Henry and then the play action. Jags? Terrible run defense. I know that the Titans only beat them by three back in week two, you know, division games can be kind of weird with the favored team, but I can't see the Titans getting caught by the Jags again. I think that they're going to come out. They're going to be real prepared. And I think that they are just going to absolutely smoke this terrible Jacksonville team.
1: Michael.
2: I'm going to go with Ian on this one, and I'm going to take the Titans, and I don't think it's necessarily because the Jaguars are a bad team. Like we said, they always cover, but I watched firsthand the demolition of the Tennessee Titans last week by the Cleveland Browns, and Derrick Henry was basically taken out of the game. I think Derrick Henry runs for, I mean, I could almost say he's going to run for 200 yards on this Jaguars defense, and they're going to roll the Jaguars because they're just, unfortunately for the poor Jaguars, they're just, all the anger of the Titans from last week is just going to go right into them. So I like the Titans to cover seven and a half.
1: I agree with you there. I'll agree with Michael and Ian. I'm not, I know we say the Jags always cover, but I'm going to go against that this week. Uh, the Vikings do a similar thing that the Titans do is they will play action pass. And that's when Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen do well, but Dalvin cook had a field day against them last week. I think it will just come down to whether the Titans defense, which has been questionable all year, gave up 41 last week can stop, can stop the, uh, Jaguars offense and the Jaguars offense has looked pretty decent ever since Mike Glennon has been the quarterback, but I do think the Titans will be mad for this one and get up and play. And now we will talk about our Detroit lions here for most of us. Sorry, Michael, here's some lions talk, but the lions play the Packers, the lions won last week with interim head coach, uh, Daryl Bevel and the Packers have just been rolling teams week after week. Uh, The Lions are seven and a half point underdogs um, and the game did get flexed to 425, So it is a little bit more of a prime time slot. The Lions are at home. I am going to start off this one. I'm going to take the Packers. The Packers have covered the past three weeks in a row. Uh, The Lions did a pretty decent job last week. I picked against them, but I don't think that the interim head coach magic will last more than one week. The Packers are a juggernaut so far this year. Let's see how they keep going. Uh, Ian, your thoughts on the game?
0: Although I do think there's a decent chance that this could turn into a shootout given that Bevel seems to have gained a lot more control over the offense. Now that He's the head coach and appears to be, well, letting Stafford cook Um, the Packers have just been, they've been like obliterating people this year. Like it's, A lot of these games, they have not been close. Two touchdowns, sometimes even more than that. And against a very, very weak Lions defense, I think Aaron Rodgers is just a little bit of a cut above Mitch Trubisky. I think the Packers will easily cover.
1: I agree. I do think Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky are basically the exact same player, but uh, maybe they're a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, one has a Super Bowl ring, but Mitch will probably have like seven by the end of his career. That was, that was kind of wild, Ian. I don't know where you got that. Uh, um, I was being
0: sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael. Aaron Rodgers is several cuts above Mitch Trubisky.
3: You can't count the number of cuts he's above. It's such a high number. Like, Aaron
1: Rodgers might win MVP. <laughs> and so might Mitch Trubisky. The Bears are going to win out, of course. All right, Mike. All right, Michael, what do you think of this game?
2: Oh, man. I mean, this is tough. I mean, the Lions always tend, for some reason, to play the Packers tough, except for, like, this season and the first time they play each other. But, like, this game always comes down to the wire for some reason, and, like, the Lions are usually winning late, and then they lose. Um, I don't think that this week that's going to happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is locked in right now. Um, He's right up there with Mahomes right now in the MVP voting. I think – you know, they got to keep pace with the Saints. They're only one back. Um, So I I think, you know, he's, he's too locked in right now on the turf. Him and Devontae Adams are just completely in sync. And I think this is, I think they cover seven and a half. Yes.
3: Aaron. I will say this brings a game like this brings back memories of, I can remember back in 2015 where the lions, they had gone off to like a one seven start and they were, you know, they were going into green Bay and the Packers were clearly favored and, they managed The Lions managed to win, and that was actually a game that I believe um, ended the 20-plus year streak of the Lions not winning in Lambeau. But I don't believe that's going to happen this week. I think the Packers offensively are just on a roll right now. Aaron Jones, the first game against the Lions, had 168 yards, two touchdowns to average over nine three-point yards to carry. So I think they could – I think the Packers are going to put up points however they want. They can throw the ball a lot. They can run the ball a ton. The Lions' g- defense is just, again – not good whatsoever. Um, I think that, you know, obviously Matt Stafford's good enough to work, you know, he, the lions offense could keep this, you know, entertaining for a decent amount, but uh, I think the Packers by the end of the game, they'll have pulled away. And, you know, even it may not be by 20, but I feel like they'll, they'll win this comfortably in the, in the realm of like somewhere between 10 and 15 points.
1: Well, since we, that will take it. That'll be it for the covers this week. Uh, just a quick little recap. Uh, Michael and Ian both took the Jets. Darren and I both took the Seahawks. Uh, Michael, Ian, and I all took the Titans. Darren was the lone one on the Jaguars. And all three of us took the Packers, or all four of us took the Packers to cover. Going into the Pick'em, uh, we won't really talk about this Lions-Packers game just because all Four of us took the Packers to cover. So I'm going to guess all four of us would take the Packers to win. Moving on to the Colts and Raiders. The Raiders were very disappointing last week. The Colts are trying to stay in wild card contention. Uh, they might even win their division with the Titans losing last week. Uh, so let's go in. Michael, your thoughts on the game for the Colts and the Raiders.
2: Oh, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, I don't, I mean, a lot of people want to talk about the Raiders performance these last two weeks. And you know, that the fact that they almost lost to the jets and that they got humiliated by the Falcons. And I understand that. Um, I also trust John Gruden. I think he's a great coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, you know, I think Derek Carr is having a struggle. Sure. Um, but the Colts offensively are just not it. Um, Now, what I have liked to see out of the Colts, though, they've added T.Y. Hilton back into their offense. I don't know why they weren't doing that, but T.Y. Hilton's back, and he's playing well. Um, In Vegas, there's no fans. I'm going to take the defense on this one. I'm going to take the Colts on the road. I think their offense will do just enough, and I think their defense will hold the Raiders to less points
0: than them.
1: Ian, your thoughts on the game
0: between the Raiders and the Colts. Well, first off, I think that these are I think these are two of the hardest teams to consistently say something about. If you look at both of their schedules, you can see for each of them some really great wins and then some really some strange losses slash strange close games looking at the Jaguars beating the Colts in week one, you know, looking at them getting kind of bullied by the Ravens. And then on the Raiders side, you have games like, as uh, Michael said, losing by 37 to the Falcons, almost losing to the Jets, but then at the same time beating the Chiefs once and playing them close the second time getting shellacked by the Bucks, It's like these teams are just – they're shifting all around. And, you know, Michael alluded to this also. One great constant is the Colts' defense has usually been pretty dang good. Got a lot of playmakers at all the levels of their defense, even if, yes, their offense is really terrible with old man Rivers – trying to accomplish anything downfield I will also take the Colts here but I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders won it somehow
1: that is right both these teams have been all over the place this year with a lot of inconsistency Darren this game is seems to be a tough one to pick are you going to go against or are you going to keep going for the Colts
3: no, I'm gonna make that uh, three for three right here. I'm gonna go with the Colts just because the Raiders. You know, you look at the games they've had. They nearly beat. They nearly beat the Chiefs twice. I mean, they're they're the only loss on the on on the Chiefs' record. And I mean, they came from one just last one last minute drive by Patrick Mahomes from beating them from sweeping them this season. They beat the Saints. Um, you know, they beat, they you know they've got a number of quality wins. They beat Cleveland, uh, but. If you're a if you if you really are a legitimate playoff contending team, you don't go into Atlanta and get just blown out by like that. And then you nearly lose. You are one. You are one horrible defensive play call from losing against the Jets. I just don't. The Raiders to me just don't look like a team that you know. They just don't look ready to me for to to really take that next step at this point. And I you know in the terms of the Colts. You have those veteran guys. You know, you have Phillip Rivers, who's obviously been around this league for a long time. Other guys like that, um, you know, they have a great offensive line. And then on defense, you know, you got a ton of guys. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes, Justin Houston. I mean, you know, they got a lot of guys to throw at, even a good offensive team like the Raiders. Um, and I just, I just think that right now just better. So, yeah, I will take the Colts at this point.
1: I agree. I'm going to stick with defense as well and pick the Colts. We move on to our Sunday night matchup, a great game between the Steelers and the Bills. The Bills kind of on a uptick. They've won a lot of their games this year. I think their only loss in their last seven was on a Hail Mary to the Arizona Cardinals. So it's been a tough one for the Steelers and a good one for the Bills. I will start this one off. I'm going to stick with my guy Josh Allen, I'm going to take the Bills to give the Steelers their second straight loss in a row. Uh, Michael, you just threw your head back. Uh, I think that makes you excited that the Browns could possibly sneak in here. But Michael, what's your pick for this game?
2: I've been back and forth in my mind so many times about this game. I mean, I mean, as a Browns fan, I I've heard about this game all the time. Like, okay, we need the Bills. We need the Bills. We need the Bills. Like, you know, like as you know, the Browns need the Bills to come through. <sighs> That Steelers' defense is still nasty, though, and I – I don't know. I mean, this is such – I think this is going to be a great game. It's at Buffalo, and right now Josh Allen looks unstoppable. Their their offense is up there with the Chiefs right now in the AFC for, you know, best offense right now. Um, But I'm going to go with the Steelers on the road. I think um, defense travels, and, you know, I – I don't want them to win, obviously, but, you know, all, all of my things aside, I, I got to go with the Steelers on the road because of that defense.
1: He's going with defense. I'm going with offense. Darren, where's your pick for this game? I'm going to go with offense, too. I'm taking Buffalo. I think,
3: you know, like I think they're a team that right now, you know, like I said about the Browns, uh, I think they're a team that is hitting their stride. And you look at Pittsburgh's schedule, they haven't played a really – dynamic offense in terms of the way the the bills are since maybe since um early November back when Baltimore had all their guys playing like Lamar Jackson everything like that ever since then they played Dallas Cincinnati Jacksonville the Ravens when you know half the team was out with COVID and then last week they lost to Washington and you know they're you know I mean none of those teams have possess offenses they may have decent offensive players individually but none of those teams have offenses that are like terrifying and a ton of those and in several of those games were close so you know they haven't faced an offense like the caliber of the bills in quite a bit and i think that you know they just to me the steelers just do not look like a team that's has everything they need right now and even though they're getting james Conner back i just i don't have a ton of confidence in them to really, you know, in terms of going into this late part of the season. And I, I Buffalo to me looks really good. So I'll take the bills.
1: Ian, over to you, wrap up this game.
0: I will also go with the bills for this one. Their offense was looking real good against the 49ers. I think they point out a number of times in the broadcast, you know, Richard Sherman getting absolutely turned around, against Stefan Diggs all game long and now that Josh Allen is actually an accurate passer with good mechanics oh everyone's got to look out and I don't think that a Steelers defense that's now down a couple linebackers is going to really be ready for this game
1: All right, that wraps up for Sunday night. We move on to Monday night in the game that Michael will be watching closer than any game he has ever seen. The Browns will face off against the Ravens. To start the week, the Ravens opened as a half-point favorite I on the road as well. As this week has progressed and we're getting closer to Sunday, the Ravens are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites. Does Vegas know something we don't know or is this just the nostalgia of Lamar Jackson being the MVP? We will save Michael for last for this one. So he can tee off on this. Uh, Darren, what are your thoughts on this game?
3: I think that, you know, obviously, You know, as Michael knows, this is a huge opportunity for Cleveland to really show that they have the bona fides to call themselves a contender in the AFC because, you know, they have this game and then they have their next game in prime time against the Giants. So, you know, this next week is going to be huge for them. And I just – you know what? I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to. And I just feel like the Ravens – you know Lamar Jackson they just to to me it's just I don't know I just don't think that they've looked they just haven't looked all that great I mean yeah they got a good you know they got a good get me right win against Dallas last week but obviously Dallas is not you know they they can't you know they can't stop the run or anything like that so I just think Cleveland they're going to be coming out because they're going to be motivated to make sure that you know their that loss they took in week one is not indicative of who they really are and you know, by the way they played this season, I mean, they look a lot better than they did at that point. So I think, you know, it could, I think it'll be a close game. Obviously Baltimore is playing for their playoff lives as well. So they're going to be plenty motivated, but I feel like, you know what, it's maybe because it's the Lions fan, because I want to root for the underdog, but for this, I'm going to root, I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with the Browns.
1: Darren goes with the Browns. Ian, what are your thoughts on this Monday night football game?
0: You know, I really am curious if Vegas must know something because I really don't know why the Ravens would be favored in this one. Uh, You know, as Darren said, yeah, sure. They beat up Dallas, but everybody's beating up Dallas. If you handed me a headset, I could probably beat up on Dallas. So, you know, sure, sure. Get right for the Ravens, but. Like, Lamar Jackson is not quite the force that he was last season. You know, the passing offense has not been great for them. Um, The rushing offense, obviously, still fantastic. But, you know, it is a very one-dimensional thing. And I think that a solid Browns defense not the best in the league, but solid. It's, it's all right. I think they'll be able to handle it. And I think that the Browns will be able to take care of business.
1: That is a good point from Ian. I'm going to have to, oh, this is going to be an old fashioned AFC North, no points are going to be scored. I think the Ravens, if they have one thing to hang their hat on this year, is their defense is really, really good. They traded so many future assets away to be able to get a defense for this year. Cleveland can run the ball. It's odd enough saying that I think the better running team in this game is Cleveland when how great the Ravens looked last year. But I just think Lamar Jackson was so new last year. No one had the blueprint on how to stop him. It seems like they've slowed him down a little bit this year. Lamar still been a great player. But every part of me wants to take the Ravens just because I think they have to win this game to get into the playoffs. But if betting and gambling has taught me anything, I have to go against that. And this is going to end up being three consensus Browns picks in a row heading into Michael. And Michael has have to fight a battle against his soul here. If he wants to go with his heart or his head, Michael, to you, all three of us took the Browns. Where are you going?
2: uh, What I'll say is this. So, you know, you guys have seen me just go through this roller coaster of emotions in the last, you know, two minutes that we've been talking about this game. It's not like between my heart and my head. Like my heart and my head, I think, are on the same wavelength right now with this game. It's that all three of you took the Browns. And I know now if I take the Browns, they're going to lose because it's four across the board. Um, But, I mean, whatever. But. I mean look this game is just so huge. I mean it's for both teams. I mean like you like you guys have all mentioned the Ravens are completely fighting for their playoff lives. Um a loss to the Browns eliminates them from well it doesn't I mean it eliminates them from second place. If the Browns win, they, the Ravens will not be able to catch the Browns. And so I think you know and for the Browns it's just it's about this game I I understand people want you know to say this is like you know, you got to beat big brother. And I agree with that. Cause I think, you know, we can't take the Browns seriously until they beat the Ravens or the Steelers. And that's totally fair. But what I would more argue is this is the time to see the Browns growth from week one against the Ravens, when they went out and got shellacked 38 to six to right now you get a second crack at them on prime time in your building, you know, this is time to see how much this team has grown. And, you know, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm a big time Baker Mayfield supporter. I think he's the franchise quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And the most dangerous Baker Mayfield is a confident Baker Mayfield. And there isn't a single quarterback playing more confident right now than Baker Mayfield is he's comfortable in this offense. Kevin Stefanski scheming wide receivers open. He's hitting, he's hitting his targets with precise accuracy. This is, this is Oklahoma Baker and I, the Ravens. I saw a lot of people say, Oh, the Ravens ran for like 200. And what was it like 270 last week on the Cowboys? The Browns ran for 319 on that same Cowboy team. I, I, I think the Browns, I like the Browns in this game. I think this is, I think this is a statement win. I just, I mean, it's, I don't know what else to say about it. I'm just so amped. I've been excited for this game since they beat the Titans on Sunday and I have to wait an extra day plus all day Monday to watch it. And, you know, I was actually considering we were going to consider, I was actually going to go to the game, but, Ticket prices have skyrocketed, so I don't think – it's still possible. I actually might, but not not right now. But I'm going to take the Browns. My heart and my head are on the same level. I think the Browns are the better team at this point. I think week one was an anomaly. Pound it. Pound the, pound the Browns and Vegas do it.
1: That – Is it from our Browns expert? The one who has been hurt by the Browns is opening himself back up to be hurt again. And it's beautiful to see as a Lions fan. I hope I get there one day. I've just been too hurt to ever love again. Now we move forward to our upset of the week. We did this last week, and both Michael and Ian were correct with their upsets. Darren and I were not so correct. So just to cover the pick em points right now, we are at five points for Michael. Ian is leading with seven. Darren with only one point, and I only have two. So how the upset works, I'll explain it real quick one more time. You get one point if the team you pick covers. You get one extra point if the team you covers wins the game if they're between half a point to four points. You get two extra points if they're between four and a half to eight and a half, then you get three points. If it's anything over nine. So do any of you want to start this
0: one and have a game
1: already in mind?
0: Okay. You know, I'll start it. So, you know, I'm going to be a little bit safer maybe than I was last week, you know, you know, take a little lower risk thing while I'm ahead right now. I'm going to go with uh, Washington, the football team who they are currently plus three and a half against the 49ers, which, you know, maybe that's going to move a little after the game on Mondays, like people process it or something. Although it's been four days, what happened? But, You know, if this Washington defense is going to put up a performance like that against Ben Roethlisberger, what are they going to do to Nick Mullins? That's not a guy that I've got a lot of confidence in working against a fantastic defense. And the 49ers defense also kind of depleted right now. And again, if the Washington offense can be that good against a Steelers defense, It's probably got more guys than the 49ers do right now. I'm suddenly feeling pretty confident in Washington here.
1: Ian, that was Uh, my pick, and I'm very jealous that you took that game, but we will move on. There's actually a lot of great chances of covers here, a lot of weird underdogs. One of those weird underdogs, I think, is the Miami Dolphins at home. I'm going to take the Dolphins against the Chiefs plus seven and a half. Hopefully Tua can use what he had last week and keep on winning. So I'm going to take the dolphins at seven and a half. Do I think they'll win they have a chance to, the dolphins are damn good to be seven and a half or seven point underdogs, but I think they're definitely going to compete. I think Brian Flores is too good of a coach. To just lay down and die against a good chiefs team. This might be a statement game for them. So I'm going to take the dolphins plus seven. Michael, where's your pick this week? You know, I'm, um- I've been looking through some of
2: these, and there's a lot of ones that are really close. So basically, whoever you're picking this week, you're basically picking them to win the game. Um, and one stood out to me, and it's like, don't know how the Cowboys have three and a half. I am going to take Cincinnati plus three and a half. Ooh, the Bengals with the backup um, UB. I don't think Dallas should ever be favored by three and a half points the rest of the season. I think Cincinnati's run defense has gotten better. They, they played decently against Miami last week. Um, And I think they can make enough plays to, I mean, basically, I mean, Dallas could win by a field goal and I still win this. So I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. Don't even know why I'm just going to do it.
1: Michael does not know why Darren, do you know why you're taking your underdog pick?
3: Yes. And it's because I, there's really, there's two matchups left that I really in terms of the point tolls that I, I really would like to go after, but considering the fact that I took them in our cut in our cover section earlier, I will be taking the Jags to cover against the Titans. You know, it's a situation like with, like with uh, like Jacob, first of all, Jacob, the Miami, the the other one I was looking at really was Miami, Kansas City as well. That was the other one I was really looking at. Um, But you know, do the Titans win? You know, I mean, I certainly, you know, I mean, you know, I understand why they're favored, but I just, I, you know, the Jags, again, they find a way to cover against seemingly everybody. Um, you know, the Titans, you know, they could come out angry, you know, considering how bad they played against Cleveland, but also maybe they're slightly, I don't know, maybe they come out a little flat because, you know, just how bad they were getting beat. And it's just like, oh God, like, you know, and maybe they'll think that they can just come out and just steamroll over Jacksonville, and Jacksonville punches them in the mouth a little bit, so that will be yeah, that will be mine for this week jag yeah Jag's seven and a half uh against the Titans,
1: so our picks for this week were Ian with Washington plus three and a half, I took the dolphins at plus seven. Michael with the, I don't know why, but the Bengals at three and a half against the awful Cowboys. And then Darren is taking the always covering Jaguars at seven and a half. Just recap the pick them real quick. We all took the Packers. We all took the Colts. We all took the Browns. And then the only person to take the Steelers was Michael. So I, I need a go, little bit. of I'm putting it out there. Go Buffalo, baby. But
2: I just, I, I gotta go with this right now.
1: He put it out there. He says go Buffalo, but he picked the Steelers. Uh, it seems like he's a liar to me. Uh, we'll send it back over to Ian uh, to wrap up the show. Good job on the picks for our second episode, boys.
0: All right. Thank you, Jacob. Well, pray it's about time to wrap it up, boys. Always great talking football, always great to be back picking games guessing guys, and talking about the league. And, of course, hey, you can find us. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts. If you are the type of person to go to the Impact 89 FM site for any podcast, including ours, you know – we would give you a gold star if it was possible for us to go there right now. And with that, we'll conclude episode two of the Pylon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.